Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 197 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name's Paul Lawrence. Welcome along to the podcast, another new episode. We're quite close to Christmas. Baby, it's cold outside. I know someone is roasting his chestnuts on an open fire. Nathan, how are you, nuts? <laughs> They're rather well, my son, and um, obviously absolutely glistening after that fantastic grubby but well-deserved victory by the Bengals last night grubby victory you're right it was a bit of a grubby one wasn't it yeah oh yeah it was grubby but um what a great victory as you say nine and four Nathan who'd have thought that uh maybe like uh two months ago perhaps um I don't know it's all coming together still playing very well had to Dodge lots of uh, obstacles last night um, to to pull it out of the bag, and they had to dig deep, didn't they? Uh, but in your lane, you're saying the snow is glistening, is that right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was fantastic last night at the meet up down in down in Piccadilly Circus. You know, the Bengals fans, great turnout, great chat, met some great people, met saw some old faces, and. Had a few pints, the snow came down, and the Bengals charged to victory, didn't they? And like, like you said, sir, but a lot of people were calling it all in, you know, four or five weeks ago. And goodness me, like nine and four now, you, you got your hat firmly in the ring for, um, you know, the number one, number two seed, potentially, certainly the number three seed if you're to win the division. I mean, it's it's exciting times to be a Bengals fan with four, four games to go. You know, I think I was looking around the league today and watching some looking at some stats and some betting odds and would you believe it they're saying that the odds of us making the playoffs are about 99 percent, and that's not that's crazy i mean how far has this team come in a couple of years we were so used to kind of talking about mock drafts yeah Yeah. (laughs) i actually did do a mock draft maybe it's the habit that i've been in in the past couple of years before last year that i started doing mock drafts at around november end of november december time i did one and I was disgusted with myself. Um, it's a good mock draft, though. I thought, you know, it's pretty good. I can't, I can't even begin to fathom mock drafts <laughs> until I know it's ridiculous. At, at the very earliest, when you know where you're drafting, like the, when you're doing them, and you haven't even got a Scooby Doo where you're going to be. I don't see the point. So no, I just think yeah. it, it's a good. They're good tools to kind of get you familiar very, with the players. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, really, I, I agree. Think. And you can lose yourself in them. I know. I know yeah, they're, like. they're very addictive. Um, and I was, I was disgusted with myself. One of one of many reasons I'm disgusted with myself, but um, you should be ashamed of yourself, son. I am. I'm, I am ashamed. I've been sitting in a dark room today doing penance for um, 
my early mock draft. But yeah, what a difference a couple of years makes. Um, expectation, I think, you know, is still relatively high, but still equally sort of tempered a little bit, isn't it? It's like, yes, you get to the Super Bowl, you expect to be challenging at least for a playoff um, berth the year after, but it certainly didn't look like that, uh, it would say, four or five games in this year. Um but I have to say, you know, credit to everyone inside Paycor, the players, the staff, you know, everyone that's been a part of this that's turned it around for their adjustments, their raised level of play, more intensity, execution as well has been fantastic. I mean, it was, as you say, it was far from perfect yesterday, um, but um, a win nonetheless, and we'll take it. And it just proves yet again uh, we are a bit of a Swiss Army Knife team. We have multiple ways to win. If you want to get down and dirty, we will get down and dirty with you and uh, guts it out. If you leave any space um, uh, on the field man-to-man uh, against our receivers, we're going to rip you to pieces. Uh, we can run the ball a little bit better now. We've got multiple... I mean, we've got Trenton Irwin, for goodness sake, the smiling hairy man. Uh, he's getting in on the act. Trenton, uh, sorry, Trent Taylor. It's all this confusion with all these Trents and Trentons. Um, they're stepping up. The defense is playing brilliantly again. Full credit to Lou and his crew, Lou's crew. Um, yeah, well, I mean, just uh, we can win in any any way at the moment. We can, as I say, we've got multiple ways, and we know how to win. Also, I think that's crucial. That's the yeah. one thing that we picked up from last year. We know how to win multiple ways, and I think it was just a case of execution this year. Just getting, you know, obviously um, getting the uh, the chemistry right on the offensive line was crucial. And look at the way they're playing now. You know, uh, only two sacks um, uh, against Miles Garrett. In fact, Miles Garrett did get those two sacks yesterday. So um, to limit uh, that uh, defensive front to two sacks was pretty cool, and they've been playing very well. Um, but yeah, as you say, it was all about the meetup yesterday, and it was uh, fantastic fun, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely! And I, I thought you made a really good point there about them learning how to win, because in Zach's first two years, you know, they were pretty, pretty lackluster to say the least. They were pretty hard time to be a fan. But there was a lot of games in there that could have gone either way, should have gone our way, and it might have all looked very different if we had nicked a couple of them. Um, you know, largely so because we might not have got um, to draft Joe Burrow in that first year, but. It was that case of you felt like we were getting there, we were in games, and I remember that stat, all those stats going around back then, but certainly there were stats around like, oh, you know, how many games the Bengals had lost by less than one score, and we just didn't have that ability in close games to close them out and win them and, you know, potentially have a bad start and then rectify it and come back and smash um you know, smash through and really win the game. And the last couple of weeks, as you've just said, they're an absolute testament to that. I mean, that game yesterday was very ugly. You know, the first mm. quarter, deep into the second um, quarter, you know, I really couldn't have started much worse. I think we had a three and out. And then, you know, the Browns started moving the ball and they got down to the red zone. And you're thinking, oh, God, you know, this is, um, you know, this is less than ideal way to start against a team that's been our bogey team really for a while. Um, but as you said, they've got the tools, they've got the army knife to to really sort of, you know, turn it around. And they, it wasn't a good game of football really yesterday. It was a very stop start. There's a couple of good plays in there and, 
you know, you have to take your hat off. They they played situational football. They they stepped up when it mattered. They had some good plays in there, some big plays in there. They really the defense really shut down um, the Browns' offense for large portions of the game. Um, I know, obviously, Deshaun Watson on the stat sheet, two hundred and seventy six yards is it's not a bad day at the office. But they forced the turnovers, um, and you know. You, limited them to 10 points and you can't ask for more than that at home you know so a very good win like I said a grubby one but you've got to find ways to win and it's not always going to be a you know a 40 to 5 or 40 to 5 would be an interesting game wouldn't it but it's not always going to be a sort of 40 20 shootout that you you know Joe Burrow has 450 yards and five touchdowns each week you are going to come up against some good teams especially in the division um that hard fought games and we did enough yesterday you know we still won by 13 points it, it was I wouldn't say it was comfortable, but it was. We always, I felt, had them at a bit of an arm's length, certainly in the in the second half. So you know, fair play to the boys. It was a it was a good win. It was, and uh, we uh, shared uh, that uh, winning experience with around fifty other Bengals fans in the coach house. So big thanks to the coach house for for putting up with us again, and thanks to everyone who came down. Um, it was very inclement weather. It was very cold this weekend. And then about 8 o'clock, it started chucking it down with snow. And uh, if anybody knows anything about the UK, as soon as it snows, everything stops. The infrastructure crumbles. Everything collapses. Trains, motorways, everything goes crazy. Um, as if we not seen snow before. But uh, I know a couple of people were driving back up to Manchester, back up to Cambridgeshire, so we hope that everyone had a very safe journey home. And it just felt great, didn't it? The Christmas tree was up. There was Joe Burrow in the corner with some mistletoe. There was, uh, if people don't know, we had a life-size cutout of Joe Burrow uh, with some mistletoe, so everyone gave him a bit of love. Um, check our social media feeds at Today underscore UK and Facebook uh, Bengals UK um, for pictures of the event. Christmas tree was up, tinsel was everywhere, and the snow was falling. It was deep and crisp and even, and it just felt really nice and Christmassy, didn't it? The first time, I think, this year that I felt really Christmassy, man. And, uh, yeah, many thanks to everyone who came down. As as Nathan said, lots of fantastic, lovely, familiar faces, uh, some from the recent trip to, to Cincinnati, some um, who are regulars at our meetups, some... Even from Cincinnati, who uh, didn't come over just for the meter, that would have been silly, but who just happened to be in the UK and came along. There was a family of about five people that uh, came along and enjoyed the game with us. There was a guy uh, and his partner who were on their way to a wedding in Cardiff. Um, it's great, these meetups, man. I love them. You just do not know who you're going to meet. That's what I love about them. You just don't know who's going to come. And uh, we've never had a bad one yet, thankfully. I'm putting the mockers on them now. But, um, yeah, just fantastic fun. And obviously capped off with a, a Bengals victory. I mean, there was even a Cleveland Browns fan, a lone, solo, rogue Cleveland Browns fan that braved a room full of Bengals fans. Um, was, he, was he on his own, that geezer? No, I think he was with uh, a Beng his mate was a oh, Bengals right. fan. Oh, right, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. That would have been an extremely rogue move, wouldn't it? Extremely um, rogue move, but um, he was a nice chap, uh, a jolly fellow, so um, he was a good sport and took everything in good uh, nature. 
And uh, yeah, great night. So thank you so much uh, to everyone who came along. That's our final meetup of uh, 2022. Of course, uh, it started back in January at the Chili Bomb and the Brotherhood up in Manchester for the AFC Championship game. They were, they were memorable evenings. And then, of course, our Super Bowl party uh, at the Coach House again. Um, and then in the summer, we were up in Edinburgh. Uh, start of the season, we were in Birmingham. There was another meet-up in Manchester uh, recently. And, of course, this one. So it's been kind of a record-breaking year for Bengals UK. It's been like a been like a road show, isn't it? It it's has been one of those Bengals UK. You know, you got all the you got the posters, and it's like Birmingham, Edinburgh, London, yeah, Manchester. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's get a bit of a reputation for yourself, Sam. I know, right? And also, it's like um, I think we maybe we should get a fun bus, a Bengals UK fun bus, uh, where it just sort of drives us everywhere. Maybe also a plane as well, if we're going to stretch it, you know, push the boat out, not mixing our. Uh, our kind of modes of transport metaphors there but get a plane a Bengals UK plane that could just take us everywhere and then a big fun bus so we can all clamber on and, and go around the country I can imagine that can you that'd be that'd be fun to get perfectly within the Bengals UK budget so yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah we can we can stretch that no problem a plane and a bus and also a very jolly driver with ruddy red cheeks and uh Someone who smokes the pipe, not in the on the plane, obviously, but in, in the bus. Um, so yeah, it's a bit sad, really. I want to do more, but I uh, hopefully, you know, with the playoffs, hopefully coming up, there will be more in the new year. But let's rewind. Let's do some reaccione. Reaccione, reaccione, ole ole ole, reaccione, reaccione. Okay, Bengals 23, Cleveland 20. The Browns fall to 5-8, and eight, unlucky lads. The Bengals uh, go to 9-4, and four, primed for the playoffs. Four tough games coming up. We'll talk about the Tampa game a bit later on, but then we've got uh, New England on Christmas Eve and uh, Buffalo, that Monday night game on the 2nd of January, I believe. What a way to ring in the new year. And then we play Baltimore, which could well be uh, a game to decide who wins the AFC North. We'll have to wait and see. Um, so, uh, as Nathan mentioned, uh, it was a grubby game, tough game, um, stalemate in the first half. That first quarter seemed to last for about an hour and a half. In fact, it almost oh, did. Yeah. I mean, it was mental, absolutely mental. The, the penalties, the stop starting, the three and outs on both teams and it was just like okay then but obviously we have to talk about the um the huge obstacles that the bengals face because uh, i didn't realize this you know when you're in a room a busy room full of uh, fans chattering and cheering away you don't sort of catch everything that's that's been said on the um television there and uh i had no idea that t higgins was not good to go I was kind of wondering where T. Higgins was, but T. Higgins was not good to go. Uh, he he kind of tweaked his hamstring. We're waiting for news on that in warm-ups. So uh, that wasn't good. And then the second play of the game, I believe, um, Tyler Boyd dislocated a finger and was not to be seen again. So suddenly you're down to, like, uh, Jamar Chase 
and uh, Trent Irwin, Trent Taylor. You know, Hayden Hurst was already out, so Mitchell Wilcox uh, and ACRC. Is that how you pronounce it? ACAC? ACRC? I don't know. ACRC, I think. ACRC? Is yeah, it? I mean, the Americans probably pronounce it differently, didn't they? But I think they'll be like Asiasi. Yeah, I, it just sounds funny when I say Asiasi for obvious reasons. But so just came in with two tight ends, and um, it was stalemate in that first half. It was heading towards a nil-niller at um, towards the end of the um, um, first half, but. Um, then they kind of exploded towards the end um, and broke the the deadlock really. So there's a lot of um, lot of things going on there to overcome in that game. And I mean, fair play to everyone because that was a you know that that kind of loss could it did really hurt us. Did really hurt us in terms of fluency, but that could have really cost us yesterday. You look at what happened in the in the Pittsburgh game, the first game of the season when someone like Clark Harris went out who you know is not a skill position player uh his uh, his obvious value was undervalued that day but we sort of crumbled that day uh, we sort of crumbled during that game really and yet this game i think it tells you everything that you need to know about this team and where they're at this team managed to overcome those obstacles you know um real adversity uh, you had it just one of those games that you didn't care how they did it once you realise what they were up against in terms of injuries and what was happening to... I mean, Mike Hilton went out. Trey yeah, Hendrickson yeah. played with a broken wrist towards the end of the game. It's yeah. all mental stuff going on. And yet, I mean, I think you just needed to win that game by hook or by crook, and they did it. Great performance under the well, circumstances. And also, much, much propage to... Zach and the coaching staff sort of reinventing things on the fly and adjusting, which they're good at. We all know that they're good at that, certainly at halftime. But to do that um, right at the start of the game, that that's quite a feat, I think. So hats off to those guys. I think the one thing to note as well from everything that you just said is it's the fact that the Bengals have won five games in a row. Um, and how many times can you say that as a fan over the, the course of the last 15, 20 years? You know, they had that obviously that incredible run to start the season where they went 8-0, and I believe, with Andy Dalton. But it's an incredible feat for them to win five on the bounce. It doesn't happen very often. And you look at the games they've played as well across that five-game stretch. You've got the Chiefs in there. You've got the Titans in there. Some very good teams. Two divisional games against the Steelers and the Browns. Um, you know, so real, real incredible effort from the Bengals to to rally across that. I mean, they've not lost a game since the 1st of November and we're midway into December at the moment. So a beautiful period of six, seven weeks without facing any sort of a loss. Um, and they've done it with their hand, you know, one hand behind their back, really, at times. They've missed key players. I think last year we got away with it. You know, we barely had any injuries throughout the season. We were very lucky, very fortunate. Um, but this year we've had injuries. We've had Joe Mixon miss a couple of games. We've had, you know, obviously Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins miss those games. Jamar Chase missed a month. DJ Reed has missed some time. Obviously, Cheeto's out for the season. Um, people going down in games. You know, there's a lot of other Hayden Hurst as well on offense. So, the fact that we've been able to put up 23 points against the Browns, 27 against the Chiefs, 20 against the Titans on the road, 37 against the Steelers, 42 against the Panthers, with a limited offense at times, is absolutely sensational. And the one thing 
I'm extremely optimistic about at the moment that we we and we're getting a. I'm not saying it's lucky, but it's it is extremely fortunate. Is these injuries that are knocking about? They're not season enders. You know, we yeah, survived. That's a really good point. I think we we survived DJ Reader being out. You know, it was difficult, and I think we really missed presence. And since he's come back, I mean. He was sensational again yesterday. He's been sensational every game since he's been coming back. I mean, he's an absolute outright pro bowler. And I, I don't think he'll get in just because I think it's, you know, the sort of fan votes, all that bollocks. But he absolutely deserves to get in. He's an absolute wrecker in the middle of the field there. Um, but we survived that. You know, we survived Chase being out for a month, like comfortably our number one receiver. Um, we did a really good job to rally around that. And you look at these injuries, like I don't think T. Higgins' one is too severe. Obviously, a hamstring on a wide receiver is a concern, and you don't perhaps want to rush him back too quickly there and you know, potentially re-aggravate it. But I certainly don't think that's a season-ender. I certainly don't think that's something that's going to affect his availability um, in the back end of January for a playoff run. Um, Tyler Boyd, finger injury. I mean, he was questionable yesterday. I reckon he might miss a week or two, but you'd expect him to certainly be back for the business end of the well, season. Well, you hope with that that it's just a dislocation and the damage um, to the soft tissue around that kind of injury isn't too bad. But you yeah. kind of hear of people playing with dislocated stuff, you know, um, but a finger on a wide receiver is, is a different kettle of fish, isn't it? So, yeah, you're right. Let's hope it's not too... I mean, it, uh, he may miss a week, maybe... I mean, I yeah, don't know. I mean, we'll see. But you're right, though. It's a fair point. Yeah, and I think you could afford... I mean, with Tyler Boyd, like, he's a great player. But if you've got Higgins and Chase playing, you know, you've got the running backs back. You, you, I reckon, you know, you could survive without him until sort of the back end of the season. Maybe certainly a couple of games. If it's two, three games, I think you'd be okay. But Hayden Hurst as well, it, it's not a crazy injury from what I'm reading and understanding. Again, he might miss another week, maybe two. But... I think as long as you've got your key components in place for the end, I mean, the Ravens game on the eighth, if we're still in contention, you know, obviously that's a real slugfest at the moment with both of us nine and four, but that in theory could be a playoff game in its own right, you know, in terms of the ramifications for that, there could be easily a buy on the line, um, you know, if we keep going the way we're going and we keep winning, but certainly, um, you know, for the seeding and the home game and everything else, that could be an absolute blockbuster. So, We've got three weeks to try and get the boys as healthy as they can. I know everyone at this point in the season is playing with some knocks, but that is one encouraging thing, I think, is that we've got most of the team together um, and hopefully they'll all be back and firing for the, that sort of um, playoff run that we're talking about. But just really impressed. And like you say, you gave the nod to Zach and the coaching staff and, you know, the amount of heat they were getting across the board after that Browns game. I think you've got to really say, look, you know, it's exceptional performance over those five weeks. We scored more than 20 points in every single game. The defense has really limited, um, you know, teams across the ball, really, especially in the last couple of weeks. I mean, to hold the Browns to 10 points, the Titans to 16, and then the Kansas City Chiefs, as good as they are, to so just 24 points. I think that's a, an incredible showing against the talent that you're facing. Um, and like we said before, clinical performances, knowing how to win, knowing how to get over the line. It's It's been an incredible um, second half of the season and you just you're looking at these last four games and you know how competitive the AFC is this year a lot of teams winning a lot of the teams really I mean you saw the Chargers last night play a great game against the Dolphins there's some there's some good teams knocking around so you know the, pre the pressure is very much on my side <laughs> yeah it is isn't it and um, but they're playing so well at the moment that I don't know like you say it wasn't totally comfortable 
but they just seem to have them at arm's length. They're obviously, the yeah. Browns are shooting themselves in the foot with big penalties um, all over the place, and and obviously um, Watson is not, you know, back in the game, so to speak. Um, just yet, he probably will be, you know, next season, I think. Um, but yeah, just really, I mean, just you, again, it goes back to we can. We, the way the way that the run defense is is playing is just phenomenal. You mentioned DJ Reader. I'm not going to talk about him again because everyone knows how much I love the guy and you know how much I think he's uh, just such such a good player. BJ Hill's playing really well at the moment. Uh, those two linebackers, um, you know, Pratt's been you know playing very well and we've given props to him. But Logan Wilson, 17 tackles yesterday, 17 in a game. That's absurd, isn't it? He's going to be stiff today, I tell you. I tell you what. Um, uh, Jesse Bates with an interception, Von Bell with a couple of big hits, Hubbard and Hendricks in their usual cells. But I think we've got to give props to the rookie as well, Cam Taylor-Britt. I mean, the development of him over the past couple of weeks has been astonishing. Uh, Again, great job by the coaches and great job by cam himself um two absolutely crucial uh pbus you know again it that it was it wasn't close but it was i mean if they had scored again it could have been close because obviously yeah. mcpherson missed that extra point uh again which is uh, not too worrying but you know what i mean um but it just gave them a little sniff didn't it knowing that if they if they scored again yeah. and they got the ball back and they could score again and kick an extra point they would have won the game so it was like you say it was kind of at arm's length but it was never t- for me it was never totally comfortable but you go back to burrow making those key plays at key moments the flea flicker amazing oh yeah great play and that's when you talk about play calling, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, you know, you talk about like, you know, Zach Taylor taking the play calling away from him and whatever else. But you have to take your hat off in those situations. There was some really great play calling yesterday. The run game was spectacular yesterday. You know, it's not yeah. something you necessarily, um, you know, the stats weren't necessarily crazy. And I didn't even really feel like the run game um, was that involved yesterday. But Joe Mixon coming yeah. back into the side, we're talking about that. 96 yards on 14 carries. Smart JP run. I mean, if you said to me, you know, before the game yesterday, that P Ryan was going to get four carries after how good he'd been. Yeah. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, I'd have said, that's crazy. I wouldn't be doing well, it. Well, let's but, touch know, on that because obviously a lot of fans are talking about, oh, Mix is coming back, but would you give him the same? You know, would you yeah. be, would he be the feature back after P Ryan's performance? And obviously, yeah, all the noises were coming out of Paycor saying that, of course, he, he would be. But it was interesting to see the snap counts. Uh, they were yeah. much more even yesterday. And interestingly, yep. a few things I noticed. Um, they were playing with a split backfield. It's very rarely that they have two running backs on at once. And uh, both P. Ryan and Mixon on the yep. same play. You know, either P. Ryan blocking or then going out and motioning. And I guess you need to do that if you're only playing with two tight ends. You need to get a little bit more creative. But, you know, split a split backfield is not an unusual thing it's just unusual for the Bengals so again they're kind of dialing in different things certainly for their offense and they're making it work and I wonder as uh, time goes by and uh, you know we get edging towards the postseason that there will be more split backfields there will be P Ryan and Mixon uh, on the same down on the same play together Uh, that was a really interesting thing so Again, it's just a way to get 
P. Ryan more involved, I think. And why not? Another great touchdown yesterday. You know, we all thought he was stopped at the line and then suddenly this this kind of cannonball just shot out to the side and bounced off the side and he was in for the score. Um, So very interesting to see that. Uh, Everyone was speculating as to how they were going to fit together and work together. I think you just saw a glimpse of it yesterday, you know. Um, And if that's the way it's going to be, great, because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter who's running back because the offensive line is playing much, much better. Um, So much. Do you know what I mean? So much better. Again, only two sacks yesterday against Miles Garrett, who's an absolute yeah. animal, yeah, yeah. fantastic player, clowny. I know LC, you know, gave up uh, two or three penalties yesterday, but, you know, against that pass rush, you're going to incur some penalties, I think. You're going to have to absorb a few. And at least we didn't uh, commit the kind of penalties that Cleveland did, because I think yep. the kind of penalties that Cleveland committed absolutely killed them yesterday um but yeah all interesting stuff and they're still trying new things and trying to um optimize the the playing staff that they've got you know i mean they're trying to rinse everything out that they've got and um it's working at the moment it really is working yeah you got you know you got to give credit to yesterday and it wasn't his best game by any means but you have to give nod to joe boy yesterday because you're going into that game and you you know you're expecting that you've got chase you're expecting that you've got um t higgins and tyler boyd obviously they're down hayden hurst and then within three plays or within two plays you've lost you know your game plan goes out the window a little bit because you've got chase yeah. but he's obviously then going to be completely double teamed um you know, by their defence. And then, you know, who, who's your number four receiver? It's Trenton Irwin, isn't it? Who, um, you know, stepped up yesterday and did an incredible job to get that, um, the long touchdown. But, you know, with the, the greatest respect to um, Trenton Irwin and Trent Taylor, there is a big drop-off, you know, where you go from T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, who are very, very talented, experienced receivers. They know the offence very well. For them two guys to have to step up is difficult. And, you know, you felt for Joe Boy yesterday. You're thinking, blimey, you know, that... That is a, is a tough ask for him. And it, it wasn't his best game. I mean, he's 18 of 33. You know, there's a lot of passes getting knocked down, a lot of passes falling out of reach and everything else. But that's that's a, that's the whole thing around being a winner and like doing enough in key moments. He's used his feet. He ran six times yesterday, only got 10 yards, but, you know, was able to get out and escape pressure a few times and, and got the win. And I, I think in those circumstances, really down, down his tight end, down his number two and number three wide receiver running back Joe Mixon just coming back into the side as well um, got to be some adjustments there I thought he did a really good job to just you know he just did enough you know and that's sometimes all you need like I said he's not going to necessarily tear you for four or five hundred every single week and we're all clapping along you know very nicely it, it, you do have to have those rugged like I said before grubby wins and that, that I thought Joe Boy did a good job in the, in the circumstances yesterday especially against a team that you know he hasn't beaten before, so again, that's one yeah. more, one more tick on his on his chalkboard. And um, I mean that touchdown pass he threw to Chase was, I mean, terrific in its own oh. way. Again, a really oh. tight window, man. And I don't think even Chase, I think it took him by surprise actually um, a yeah. little bit. Uh, but yeah, that flea flicker was great because um, uh, Paul and Jay were talking about it on here that podcast growling uh, this morning. It's not like when you see a flea flicker now. They don't go the distance hardly. They, you know, you might get like a first down or a whatever, but it's, yeah, they yeah. they very rarely completely 
fool a defence and you know it's very rare that someone is wide open just like the old days you know what I mean yeah yeah uh, and obviously Cleveland like bought into stopping the underneath stuff and the run and yeah it was just one of those brilliant flea flickers that just went the whole way Trent and Irwin was absolutely miles open yeah. no one around him it was so beautifully executed and um, yeah so again we're making the big plays at the right moments at the crucial moments uh, again, that seems to be the DNA of this team, making the big plays when it matters, you know, and um, whether it be a turnover or a, an explosive play or a, a very hard-fought first down here or there, do you know what I mean? They seem yeah. to have it in them just to pull it out of the bag when they absolutely need to. So, um, just, yeah, just, um, great win. Just one one last point on Joe Boy, just, you know, talking about the success that he's had and how well he's played. I mean... You look at his stats, his interception stats, and if you take the Steelers out of the equation this season, you just delete those games. He's only thrown three interceptions mm. outside of those games. And you just, I, mean, I know obviously he had one yesterday. And interestingly, every pick that he's had this year has been in the AFC North. Every mm. single one. He hasn't, if you're not playing the AFC North, he's not thrown a pick this year. And I think for the most part, take that your ridiculous game against the Steelers that was a real head scratcher out at the start of the year he's only thrown five picks in um what is that 10 games or so um so i think incredible really just the the the, the protection of the football and just making sure you know you're making smart moves smart decisions not handing them anything and uh, you know what on the subject of that you've got to give some fairly serious credit um to samar jp ryan and joe mixon there's not i cannot remember a fumble that this team's given away in a no, long time. A really I, think, point, yeah. I think Jamar Chase gave one away earlier in the year, but Trent Taylor know, you, as well, where he kind of completely yeah. dropped it for no apparent reason. Yeah, but for the most part, like that, it's just really good, efficient football, at not doing silly things, you know. And that's something that when you're doing it effectively, you don't necessarily notice it. But certainly, when you know, but you're a bad team and you're making mistakes, it happens all the time. And I think. That's something just to, to give a nod to this offense. They've been very, very good at not making silly plays, no pick sixes, no you know costly fumbles. It's been very um, meticulous and well thought through. And yep. you know, I'm I'm taking my hat off some. And they're they're winning the battles in the trenches, which they weren't earlier on in the year. You know, which is another crucial aspect. So everything is looking up. We're, we're purring, son, aren't we? We are purring. Let's go to the Parish News Board. Right, this week on the Parish News Board, there's not a lot, actually. We've had our meet-up. We had a great time. Once again, thank you so much to everyone who made the effort to come down or up or across or wherever you came from. It's great to see you all. And really, the meetups are the lifeblood of the community. So, um, yeah, we love doing them. We love seeing you all there. Hopefully, you guys all enjoy it as well uh, just a few notes before Christmas we'll be having our Christmas episode next week stand by for a very special guest excited to to let you know who that is um, and um, uh, we will be continuing with our, our advent calendar our annual advent calendar a Bengals fan a day wishing all Bengals fans a Merry Christmas so once again look out for that on our Social media feeds at Today underscore UK on Twitter and Bengals UK on Facebook. My 
put for you on Instagram as well, Bengals underscore UK. Why not? Tis the season. Uh, we're also going to be launching, after a bit of a delay, we're going to be launching our annual Christmas raffle uh, uh, literally after this podcast goes out. Got some fantastic prizes this year. So look out for that. We're raising money once again for Action for Children's Secret Santa initiative where they uh, well, they buy presents for vulnerable and underprivileged kids. I think we all take it for granted uh, of receiving and giving presents to loved ones. But uh, Action for Children gives gifts at Christmas time to those who don't have that luxury. Uh, whether, as I say, vulnerable kids, homeless kids, uh, kids who don't have families around them, as uh, you and I lucky enough to do so. Um, so uh, watch out for that. Again, that will be all over our social media feeds. I know times are tough financially this year. Goodness me, aren't they? But if you can spare a couple of quid, for a couple of tickets, then um, not only will you have a chance to win it, if, I mean, genuinely there's some good prizes this year, not that there haven't been before, but, you know, I think i, I managed to really um, step things up this year. So uh, not only will you be, have a chance of winning uh, a fantastic prize, but you will also be, uh, well, whether, whether you know it or not, you'll be buying uh, a... a a child somewhere in the UK a Christmas present so do give as much as you can or want to right let's get to our correspondence everyone is cock a hoop Nathan as Gosh. you can imagine almost almost as solid handles tonight I'm anticipating almost as cock a hoop as you were when you bought me that uh, that <laughs> shot of rum last night that was something it. else wasn't it that- that was spi- that some sort of like spicy Caribbean rum. It was a tiki rum. Goodness um, me, that was really nice, actually, man. Really, well, yeah, really nice. I took a sip of it myself, and I can still feel it going down now. <laughs> well, when I got to my friends, because I was intent on driving back to the Midlands last night after the game, but uh, my mate rang me and said, "Look, why don't you just come back and stay an extra night?" Because I'd been in London for the weekend, so I did that. And then he got out this Polish vodka. <laughs> whose name I can't remember but it's like amazing it's quite sort of herbal tasting and mm. it's really it went down an absolute treat it's like that bison grass yes one, it is that's it yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's good stuff that yeah it's, I'd I not can't that pronounce before. it either but yeah yeah goodness that's me that was that's something I don't know if anybody else has tried that before no it is good that stuff yeah yeah heck uh, anyway so I was, I was nicely warm inside Shall we say? I, 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 the thought of alcohol. It was a long day <laughs> yesterday. Like I had a meal at lunch with a few drinks, then met you lot, and it's obviously a four-hour stint in the pub. So I, yeah. I thought talking about alcohol this. Uh, well, this you Monday. put a, you put a video on Instagram of you like marching through the snow at God knows what time <laughs> with the with the with your shirt open, and I thought <laughs> this is probably my age talking, but I thought Nathan, you're going to catch a death. Walking around like that, my I was, son. I was marching around. Needed it. I needed a curry last night. After you know, it was one of those days. A bit of a long Sunday. You can't go wrong with a. <laughs> did you have king, a curry on the way back? Oh yeah, of course I did. Yeah, king prawn tikka masala, peshwari naan, couple of poppadons. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, what else did you have, Nathan? A couple of poppadons. <laughs> oh, you said it right this time. We haven't done a poppadon preach uh, for a a while have we we should do a poppadon preach but you you had some poppadoms though last night right I, yeah they were they're fantastic yeah <laughs> like a bit of mango nice. chutney um what time do you have that then well um 
what time did I leave you lot off? Maybe about 10 half 10. Oh, okay, right. I didn't have anything, because I, I had a bit of a late lunch. I know this is very boring for the listeners, but... No, I think, um, I think, I think listeners will be interested to know you're eating. Yeah, I, just, I saw some of the burgers that were knocking around in the pub, and I thought, you know, I thought maybe I'll hold out, because the, the curry house around the corner for me is spectacular. So. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Yeah, just, it's good. When you know there's a good curry house or good restaurant mm-hmm. near to your home, I think that's a really good yeah. point. You will save yourself... Until you know, until you get into that vicinity, and then it's game on, and then you have everything. You have all the poppadoms and the poppadoms. Anyway, let's let's uh, let's stop that chat. Uh, Memphis Soul Stewart Stewart Bed six eight eight. Looks like the meetup was top fun as always. It was Stuart. We missed you down there. Uh, CTB is the real deal, but is Volson the rookie of the year? Now we will be releasing our annual awards at the end of the regular season, quite quite obviously, or even at the end of the season full stop whenever that might be it's an interesting discussion because Volson I think has been has been for a rookie not perfect but a, for a rookie we've got and a fourth rounder as we mentioned before really good production at home but see for CTB just to step in I know he had a couple of hairy games to begin with and if you remember I think his first game might have been against the Browns in that in that Tonkin and he looked, it was man against boy when it was Amari Cooper versus versus CTB. But this time around, I mean, it's a different story. And it's been a different story the past couple of three weeks. And that that turnaround, that, that rapid development has been a, a, such an important... I'm not saying like a guard is not an important position, but certainly when Cam Taylor-Britt makes PBUs against Amari Cooper, it's certainly more visible... You know, they're more visible plays and yeah. more wow plays than Cordell Volson pushing someone three yards for. Do you know what I mean? Backwards. No, no, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting discussion, I think. And it's one that we should be having as the season goes on. All I, I mean, I ju- I'm just full of admiration for both of those guys. I mean, Dax Hill, our first round pick, hasn't seen much action. But look out next year if, if and when. I mean, it's pretty... Certain, I think that Bates is going to leave, and that's when Dax Hill will 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 get the full measure of Dax Hill. But certainly this season, and especially with Cheeto going down, you know, and um, Cheeto, um, you know, to have someone like CTB come in and look at home and fit right in and not miss a step. Oh, well, perhaps to begin with, we had this discussion on the podcast before. Um, but so in the last couple of weeks, he's looked at home. He's fitted right into that unit. And that unit, once again, that secondary unit, looks really, really strong. 100%. And you, when you've got the the nucleus of a dynasty team, when, you know, and you look, and I know that's a slightly outrageous statement in some ways, but you look, we went to the Super Bowl last year. We're 9-3 and three this year, or sorry, 9-4 and four this year, looking very, very good. Um, you know, you need those rookies that come in every year to just add a bit. You know, you don't want to um, a couple of draft classes where you miss quite badly, and then you know you start getting long in the tooth in terms of your players and skill positions. And I think you get that's the fact that you're getting starting capabilities out of Cam Taylor Britt and Cordell Volson already. Dax Hill's coming in and played a little bit. That's exciting. You know, you need those players to come in every year and just freshen it up a bit alongside any free agents that are brought in. So really exciting they're getting playing time and on a very good football team are able to contribute and and look the part. And 
people were raving about Cam Taylor Britt in the you know in camp and saying that he looked fantastic. I remember watching some videos of him, very athletic guy, looked like he was working hard. And I'm, I'm I mean, obviously you know he's at the expense of Cheeto. I'd rather Cheeto be out there and doing his thing because he was having a remarkable season himself. But mm, the fact that, you know the fact that Cam Taylor Britt can step in and you know get earn his stripes, get some reps is is, is excellent and is a great problem for us to have next year. Indeed, Stephen Ducross. At Stevie Do, uh, worried about the the amount of injuries we are getting. Still confident of the playoffs, but it might stall our momentum. I mean, yes, but as as you said, Nathan, they're not season enders. They're one or two weeks, three weeks. You know what I mean? And as long as we can get into the playoffs and get a relatively full, but enter the playoffs with a relatively full bill of health then that's kind of at this time of year, that's all you can ask for, you know. Is oh, in, Injuries are so crushing. I hate that about this sport, yeah. um, you know, but it is what it but is. You look, at the, you look at the Ravens. I mean, they've, you know, their quarterback's down at the moment, Lamar Jackson, and their second-string quarterback went down yesterday. You know, they've got got all sorts of injuries across the defensive side of the ball as well you know we've got the Bucks next week Vita Vea one of their best defensive players I think probably is going to miss that game and will benefit us so it, everyone's experiencing the the same type of problems I believe the Bucks secondary is absolutely decimated from looking around today at what they're sort of facing so you know you, you just about sort of that you know, I don't know it's a bit over said this but that next man up mentality and um, and that's where you know those rosters that have got strength in depth, you know, ultimately come out best. And when you've got players like Cam Taylor Britt doing his thing and some RJP Ryan stepping up, you know that that's that's you know credit to the Bengals for their roster building. Indeed, Paul at Pcar Burns enjoyed my Sunday evening watching the Bengals. My question is simply this: Is it okay to prefer a good defense, thinking Reader over the star QB? I will prefix this by saying in football, I played in defence. So maybe I am naturally drawn to this side of the game. It's, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Um, I don't think there's any right or wrong, Paul. You like who you like, really. I mean, it goes, you know, who knows why we, we gravitate towards certain players. You know, as, as long-term listeners will know, I loved Michael Johnson. Uh, he wasn't the best player on the team at all, but um, he was a good player and he was a, he was a great guy. And I don't know why I was drawn to him. Uh, obviously, my love for B.W. Webb was uh, slightly misplaced, but you know, genuine at the time. Uh, hold on, it's B.J. Webb, isn't it? What was it? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, it was no, it's B.W. Webb. But <laughs> I think you accidentally called him B.J. Webb once, and the yeah, questions no, were asked. The questions were asked indeed. But you know, B.W. Webb, did he ever play? Looking now, he went to the so. Cardinals and the 49ers. And I think, yeah, <laughs> I think we ruined him, didn't we? I think we, that Rams game at Wembley ruined him when he slipped and <laughs> Cooper Cup ran for about 900. Oh, like, I, can't, I can't talk about any of this stuff, so I'll move on quickly. I can't, I can't bear to hear those what? anything that happened in those years. Oh, OK, right. But yeah, back to Paul's point, though. It's interesting. My current flavour, you know, I love Joe Burrow and I love Jamar Chase and I love TB and I love... You know, T. Higgins, I love the offensive. But there's something about defensive linemen for me that uh, I don't know. Don't know why. I love Geno Atkins. He was my favourite player in the previous generation. Who do you um, not like? You're giving a lot of love out of your son. But well, you know, they're you all Bengals. You've got to love all that. You can't be giving it to everyone, you know, otherwise you get a reputation. Jackson Carmen. 
Yeah, fair enough. Well, you asked for it, you know what I mean? But, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I, I you know, into and it. if I was a Browns fan, we'll want, anyway, we won't go down that route. But no, um, no. So I, I think you just like who you like, Paul. You're allowed to like, you know, different position groups and different players from different position groups. Um, you know, so it's a fair question, but you just, just like who you can like. Uh, Bridge of a size at Bridge of a size. Um, Solid handle. As a Bengals fan, I'm wired to be unhappy. But I can't be. We've won games with multiple key injuries on both sides of the ball. The playoff teams don't pose a huge pass rush threat. So we'll see Joe Boy in full. There's a good point. Cast Bridge of a size is getting his crystal ball out and predicting who might be in the playoffs. And none of those guys have like... Super fierce and oh, that's good. One issue may be the Pratt ordeal, as team unity has been key. If you don't know, Jermaine Pratt uh, tweeted out, "Need to play third down. Too much money left on the table," which was slightly odd and slightly vague and slightly cryptic, maybe. But it seems to be pointing the fact. Um, he wants to play more on third down, and what is that a reference to his contract year? Perhaps um, he, I don't know. Um, um, yeah, so a lot of people. Well, when, have, he, when was he tweeting this last night? Twenty-one hours ago, Nathan, straight after the game. So maybe he was unhappy yeah. about not playing third downs, but I mean. I think people. It's an odd thing uh, to be doing because he's he's having a great year, Jermaine Pratt. He is, the Bengals yeah. have just won five games in a row. I just, I mean, you really want to be going on Twitter and. That's the trouble with. I mean, we're we're edging into Darius Phillips' territory here. Um, well, not quite, uh, Diddy Darius. I do miss our Diddy Darius games. Maybe I should check in with his Twitter. Maybe we can play that for our Christmas episode next year, next week. Maybe Diddy Darius. Um, but um, but there's obviously something going on there. And, of course, a lot of people have jumped to conclusions that he's not happy, he's having a pop. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, he left it vague enough, I think, not to be um, explicit in his meaning. Um, but Bridge of Osiris is right. Team unity has been fantastic. So for him to do that, if it is indeed that, it's a bit of a head scratcher, really, isn't it? And as you say, he's having such a brilliant season. Yeah, um, it's it's a bit of a head scratcher. The, the thing is, and if it is, you know, having a grumble about his own personal playing time or whatever. I mean, you you do have to think here, like you know, you talk about the contract year. A lot of players in the NFL, especially someone like him, um, wasn't a hugely like was a first, second round pick. This is for them millions of dollars that you're talking about you know yeah, if, he's for sure. it, if he's playing it and i'm not in any way justifying it but they a lot of players like someone like a jermaine pratt will get one big contract in the nfl and he's probably licking his chops his pff grades good his stats have been pretty good um he probably wants a few more eye-opening numbers some sacks a pick a maybe recoveries, or maybe he just like wants to play maybe he just wants to play yeah. more because he loves playing well, and he wants sure, to get more on make an input you know yeah but you're, you're talking about whether it's with the bengals or whether it's elsewhere you know 
this is his time for a big contract. The, the con- I don't know what contract he's on now, but I can guarantee you it's probably... Well, he's still know, on his rookie deal, so... Um... Exactly, so it'll be probably about a million a year or something, which, you know, to yeah. most people is a shed load of money. But, you know, when you tax it and you add the wage and fees and everything else, it's, it's a pittance to what he'll it's be your, on. It's basically your, it's your, it's your wage, isn't it? That's what it... but no no he he genuinely though like could be in you know looking for the region of like eight million a year maybe you know something around those we want a bit more than that i think maybe well exactly 15 even i don't know but um anyway we'll see we'll talk about all that horrible stuff at the end of the season uh chris hood at hooday cp looked comfortable in the end but it took a while for the offense to find its rhythm burrow seemed to look better after taking hit I'm sure that's not for the first time. What can you say about Reader just in another class? And CTB, I think he wants to join that class. Amazing. Uh, Mega Farter at Mega Farter B. Shocking, Andrew. <laughs> that was you after your curry last night. Um, we did the ugly bits well. Stopped the run and protected JB. After that run of five straight defeats, it was good to finally take out the trash. Absolutely, Scott. Uh, Dan Waite, DNKW. Great to meet you all yesterday. Thank you so much for organising the meetup. Dan, it was a pleasure to meet you and your wife. Uh, fantastic. I'm so glad you came. Top, top geezer. Top, top geezer. Absolutely. Uh, good effort to tough it out with a limited receiving core. Nice to see them scheming chase open despite this. Will be interesting to see how our size steps up in Hendrickson's absence. Who day? Good point by Dan. I mean, they had to move. I mean, when Chase is your only, you know, top line receiver. No disrespect to Irwin and Taylor. They had to move him around last night, and I thought Chase and you know the coaching staff, Chase himself and Burrow did a tremendous job because like Chase had like ten catches last night. I thought you know it was pretty much the Jamar Chase show until that Trenton Irwin touchdown and that I think Trent Taylor had a 35 yard uh, reception didn't he so um, yeah. but still to you know when everybody knows that you're trying to get the ball to your number your remaining number one receiver and still manage to to get it to him 10 times despite double teams despite this yeah. despite that I think that that just shows I mean that's all you need to know about yesterday's performance really gritty good quality game calling a good quality play calling and good execution so hats off Killian at Malloy underscore double zero Killian has been in Cincinnati for a couple of weeks or I think he might be coming back so um, amazing uh, photo he showed of uh, uh, Paycoy a, a packed Paycoy yesterday and he says two games two wins what a fantastic trip and a fantastic city it wasn't pretty yesterday, but we found a way to grind it out. Also, that flea flicker, I don't think the TV camera did it justice as to how open he was. Burrow will never have an easier TD pass. Yeah, it was great fun, wasn't it? Good to see that. Rob Hill at Surely This Season. Solid handle. The, the depth is being tested and is standing up, losing TB and TH so early against a bogey team would test most sides, and it took a while for offence to adjust. But once in the lead, we looked comfortable. Reader and Wilson were lights out on defence, and CTB is developing quickly. Um, no name here, but first-time caller, Nathan. At Axel underscore JMO, uh, we are looking good. I'll take two and two from the final four games, and we'll be playoff bound. 
Derek Davis at Sturdy Stem. Um, it handle. I was really nervous, slightly panicked in the first half when T and TB were expectedly, unexpectedly out rather. Garrett and Clowney were wrecking shop. LC was back to his early season form. But this time we had DJ Reader, a healthy Uno, and Joe Effing Burrow. Division is in our sights now. Let's hope so, uh, Derek. Chickpea at Hummus138. <laughs> um, bloody hell. Oh, they've got a bloody hell. didn't get a solid hell. I like that. Hummus138. <laughs> Was thinking that if Hurst, Boyd and Higgins are slow to return, lining mixing up as a receiver and Pirine in the back in some situations might work. I think that goes back to what we were saying earlier. They're, they're, you know, they're getting both of those guys on the field at once. So, I mean, why not? Why not line up mixing the slot or out wide? I mean, he's done it before. Um, you know, it's all it's all there. Jamie at Trequart Beast, a great night with the Houday UK last night from a bunch of nerds around a pub table to in London to a bunch of nerds with, with well, there's more than 25 others, as well as ar- around pub tables in London's fabulous West End. Um, absolutely, Jamie. Sure, should be mentioned, and actually, um, do you know what? Uh, we forgot to mention this is typical us, absolutely typical. Do you know, Cincinnati is five years old, or it was a couple of weeks ago, completely forgot to mention it on air. And uh, five years old, Nathan, we've been doing this for five years, half a decade's worth of Cincinnati. That's right, a half a decade. I mean, when we started, electricity didn't exist and the internet didn't exist. There was only... I mean, podcasts were just some kind of crazy new new fad and um, I think there was only one or two Bengals fans out there. Shout out to Cincy Jungle, uh, Andy Casenza yeah. and John Sheeran who are still doing great work over on their side of the ball there. And um, I think, you know, uh, Paul... Uh, Paul Dana Jr. that is was, was doing something with the Inquirer with Jim Azarski and then Fletcher Page uh, Lindsay was doing a few bits and pieces um, and then we started doing our bits and pieces and we're still here and then there's now about 45 of the Bengals podcast yeah. so really we cannot thank you enough for sticking with us when the, the competition out there for your for your listening time is so fierce I yeah. mean, yes, we're all in it together, but you guys only have so much time a week to listen to this kind of nonsense. So uh, those that still listen to us and can, uh, or new to us, welcome, obviously. But those who have stuck with us since the early days, honestly, it means the world to us. And uh, who's to say we're not going to be doing this for another five years? Bloody hell. But um, No, I, I, I just want to echo that as well. I mean, it, it's, it's always incredible as well. Because, um, I mean, when we record this, we record it and it goes up and... Sometimes you get the odd people that, you know, do write to us on Twitter and, you know, comment in and stuff like that. But the nights like last, last night where you meet people that, you, you know, you don't personally know and, um, you know, that listen on um, to the podcast, it's really cool and it's really nice. And, you know, we can only just say thank massive thank you to all of you um, that listen and everything else. So, yeah, like Paul said, hopefully we can do another five years. But, um, wow. I mean, do, I, I mean, do, do I'll be part of some. Nathan. I'll be forty in five years' time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And you'll be you'll you'll be like twenty five. Be... It'd be amazing. Uh, we'll be yeah. grown men by the time five years uh, comes. Yeah. Around. But uh, yeah, we've loved every minute of doing this. Um, 
honestly the people that we've got to we managed to get onto this podcast has been just a dream come true in many respects i mean i know that nathan for you speaking with speaking to carson palmer was a dream come true for me it was sam white and and loads of other people in between you know just the players and the coaches and the past players and the journalists and uh you know it's just been incredible so uh again it's not only we're very thankful for you guys out there but yeah just uh just really thankful for uh the people that have taken the time to come on and uh, talk to us and there will be more uh we do have a christmas episode next week stand by for that we'll be playing some games we'll be talking to a very special guest uh and then uh well then it'll be christmas and we won't be talking we'll be mostly eating and drinking i think so uh until next week um when we will find out if the Bengals are 10 and 4 borrow versus brady the first and possibly last time that they're gonna ever play against each other i'm quite confident nathan are you Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's on the road, isn't it? Um, the Bucks look a bit all over the place at the moment. They're not really firing. Brady's not playing very well. They've got a lot of injuries. It's a game we really probably should win. I mean, it's going to be interesting on our end to see what we can actually put together in terms of who's injured, at, you know, from our from our side of the ball. You really hope that at least one of Hayden Hurst, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins can be on the field just to give us another sort of, you know, solid threat out there um, from a receiving point of view. But it's hard at the moment. I mean, if you'd gone back five weeks ago and said, oh, what do we need to do? I mean, if you said, God blimey, we win five games in a row and you're still talking about, well, we've got to win this because, you know, there's so many teams around the AFC that have got absurd records. You know, you're looking mm. at the Bills with 10 wins, the Chiefs have got 10 wins, the Ravens have got nine wins, you know, the Dolphins have got eight wins. There's some very, very good teams floating around. And I'd like to think that we've ended um, the Browns and the Steelers, or certainly the Browns season after that win yesterday. They're not realistically going to catch us now. So we, that's all done and dusted. Um, so, you know, it is us versus the Ravens now for the AFC North but you know like I said last week about the the seedings and the home playoff games and all the rest of it there's so much to play for um the, you know we've not got any easy games left there's some really tough games you know away to the to the Bucks you've got the Bills in there you've obviously got the Ravens last game and even the Patriots I know they're only six and six they're a decent football team playing in a very difficult um division this year so yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no, there's a rest, is there, son? There's no, we can't afford any sort of. No, you know, I was just going to say we we like, have to. I mean, there's a lot of football to be played left. Um, there's going to be f- a load more twists and turns. Um, we've just got to keep the foot on the pedal, really, or else you know we've just got to get to that playoff um, stage, and then you know, as we know, anything can happen. So. Fun times in Tamba. It's uh, 9.25 kickoff UK time. Um, what's the betting? It's it's going to be on Sky again this week. Brady versus Burrow. It's a big yeah. thing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it is on Sky. So, anyway, we'll leave you with that thought. Um, some fun in the sun this uh, uh, this weekend. Um, and obviously, we'll be back next Monday again with our Christmas uh, episode. So until then, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys.
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.